third hour of Darren, Donnick, and Chase here on ESPN 102.5, the game on this Monday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a good start to your week. Darren McFarland, Willie Donick, Chase McCabe, now Vince Ferrara at Vince Sports on Twitter. He is with WNML, the sports animal in Knoxville. Quite the impressive win at home over the Gamecocks. Vinny, how you doing? Good, guys. How you doing? Were you uh, surprised by that uh, performance on Saturday or, or no? I was. The biggest thing that I was surprised about was the quarterback play. Um, and part of it was just the unknown of J.T. Shroud. You know, really hadn't seen him much other than a little bit against Chattanooga. So yeah, I picked South Carolina because of that big unknown with the quarterback play. You didn't know, one, how much they would ride Shroud, and two, how Garantiano would play coming off of that big blunder at the, you know, in the fourth quarter of the Alabama game. But to Garantiano's credit, man, um, I'm sure it was hard and humbling for him, and he sucked it up. And he played well. Pruitt said today, he said it was his best game. And, uh, you know, you could see him doing a a few things that he uh, had not done uh, in the past, so or at least earlier this year. And J.T. Shrout got better as the game went on. So competent quarterback play was the biggest reason for it being a a surprise, and that helped them uh, to even separate from South Carolina when typically these two teams – play close games in their series How about the performance of Juwan Jennings we've been talking about Mike Evans's performance at Nissan Stadium on Sunday albeit in a Bucks loss how about Juwan Jennings's performance in a win you know and he he continues to do that too uh, you know they, we've seen a bunch of those catches and then guys just not able to bring him down I mean, it, in some ways, a little like Derrick Henry in the open field where guys are just bouncing off of him and he's, he's just pushing them off him, like get off me type things. He just has this will and desire to continue to move down the field with, after he makes a catch and with the ball in his hand and refuses to go down. And man, fans really appreciate that. He, he lights up the stadium when, when he makes one of those kind of plays. And then what gets forgotten, when we point to those kind of things, what gets forgotten is the fact that the guy is starting to get open more and more frequently to set up those yards after contact when when he's running with the football. Um, so he's doing a better job of so, sort of the the fine-tuning the position and then his just natural will and desire is giving them juice and the stadium juice afterwards. Career high in receiving yards for him, and you know, he's made a lot of spectacular plays, but that was a game where you know he, he had the volume in addition to the spectacular play, seven catches, 174 yards, two touchdowns, played some wildcat for them as well. I mean, if you asked him to go in there and play in the secondary, I mean, he would light people up, and he would probably play pretty well. Uh, that's just kind of his mentality, and you know, he's really matured. Pruitt spent a lot of time talking about him today and being asked about him today in, in the press conference. And, you know, he said, Pruitt said he's, he, he wishes he had a whole team of those kind of guys, and he's thankful to have 
uh, you know, have coached him and just kind of shows, you know, you give guys second chances that sometimes those guys make the most of it. And Juwan Jennings, from what we see on the field and when we've talked to him, has absolutely taken advantage of his opportunity and knows that he is blessed to have the chance to continue to play major college football and pursue an NFL career um, because of you know the the people that believed in him. And Prude also mentioned today that you know he when he had some people that weren't in the program that when Jennings had the the suspension when Pruitt took over. He said he didn't really know him, so he talked to some people that weren't in the program anymore. They said, no, you don't want him. You need to move him, move on from him. And he said when he talked to people on campus at Tennessee, a lot of them vouched for him, including guys like leaders like Trey Smith and Daniel Batuli. And so, you know, Pruitt said, you know, look, those guys are smart. I knew that they knew what was going on. And, you know, he still had a little bit of a – uh, you know, of a trial type of period, but he went past that and he has stayed clean and, and just been nothing but a huge impact on that football team. I know you can't play the what if game, but here goes. We can on Sports Talk Radio. What <laughs> if sport, yeah. they would have beat Georgia State and BYU? How different all of this would look and feel right now with their remaining games. I mean, all winnable games doesn't mean they're going to but all when you look at the schedule you go well they could absolutely run the table from this and how different this season could really like i said how it would look and feel right now at this point if they would have won those games two that we already we all chalked up as wins anyway right going into the season right no no doubt and look, they're they're playing like I think at times some of the, some of us expected them to play uh, with you know competent quarterback play and you know still some some deficiencies, but at least an improved outfit. But to your point, Darren, we would be talking about this team in not not quite a New Year's Day bowl, but one of the Florida bowls. I mean that's you know that's a nice jump from five and seven, so yes, it would have a completely different feel. I, I tell you what's going to happen is if Tennessee is able to at least get to any kind of bowl game, and I think that is that would be massive for this for this program and for Pruitt for recruiting and and momentum all that kind of stuff. But if people are going to say, hey, we should have won those last two games. So they're going to move the record up of how they viewed this year's football team. Then next year we need to make another jump. And it's as if they would have won those games in how the jump of progression that's going to be expected next year. Which means they're probably going to be out of whack next year, even if they finish strong. Because people are going to say, oh, we should have won those games. So we're really a you know, eight-win team, so next year, you know, we got this, this, and this, so we'll, we should win 10 games and have a shot to win the East. So I, I think those are going to be, an, uh, those two games are going to be an off-season topic of conversation with the what-if game for sure, but I, I think those are going to be viewed as n- not as the starting point for the jump, but if they had them, that's going to be the launching point to the to the next group. That's just kind of typically the way those shoulda, coulda, woulda games uh, are viewed with uh, college fan bases. They now have a three-headed monster at quarterback. How do you think he's him and his staff are going to handle 
this the rest Wait, of the did, way? Did you use the term monster in terms of quarterback with Tennessee? Is that what you just did, Darren? Yeah, yeah, I did. That's what you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Look. I don't know if that's know, accurate. I don't I, – I, I, okay, it's, let's uh, – they have a three-headed quarterback. How about that? Okay, I'll, I'll drop the monster That's just bar. weird. It was. It was weird, but – Three head, they have a three-headed quarterback, so how do they handle that, the final four games? Point well taken, just giving you – No, I know. Play. That's good. I, I like hey, – you're yeah. right. That's I don't know. Monster, that's kind of a, a weird word to throw in there in this situation, but okay. You're right. Good point. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, here's the thing. These guys Five are giving you thumbs up, by the way. They're like, good one, Vince. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, yeah, somebody's giving it back to exactly, me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh well, Brian Maurer, according to Jeremy Pruitt, he's going to be back at practice this week and says that he thinks he'll be good to go. Um, so he's going to be at practice today. Jared Garantano will not. He's going to be out a day or two. He had a hand injury that he suffered in the game. Um, and he, he said he was going to be ready to go in the postgame to Garantano and Pruitt said today that he'd be ready to go this weekend. It's his non-throwing hand that he he had the the injury so he's going to um you know he's going to be out i guess there too but then he should be good for the rest of the week and jt shroud obviously will be a practice too shroud got better as the game went on garantano has best game and brian mauer has probably given you the biggest spark at that position so it, it is a little bit of a of a quandary potentially for jeremy pruitt he was asked how do you handle practice and reps because it's hard to get it's hard to get two guys ready to play much less three and you got to give Cheney and that coaching staff credit they got two guys ready to play last week now they'll have the challenge of a third and bringing back Maurer I, I think I think if Maurer if you think that Maurer can play on Saturday I think he's got to get a majority of your reps and they'll Cautiously, my guess is they'll probably split them early in the week just to make sure. And like today would be a Maurer and Shrout split. Then when Garantano comes back, then I think you have a good idea whether Maurer is going to actually play or not. If he's going to play, you give him the most, and then you divide the the other third, something to that effect. But if Maurer is ready to go, I think he's the guy but Pruitt kind of joked about it today. He's like, well, maybe we'll play all three. He said, Coach Spurrier used to do it. He just run one, one guy in every Oh, he play. wasn't afraid. You're right. Did he really play <laughs> three, Spurrier. though? I, I remember yeah. alternating plays with two. Remember, that was a goofy yeah. thing he did with Jesse yeah. Palmer and uh, the baseball player, Doug, who played for the Titans for a while. What was his name? Oh, um, Johnson. Doug Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Doug Johnson, yeah. Yeah, they right. – they, they, Interchange plays. It was crazy, but I don't remember him doing three. That's that's a good point, Willie. And he said, "Well, we'll just whisper a play in and then run him in." He's like, "I actually like that. Instead of doing all these signals, we'll just whisper the call and they'll run it in, and the guy will come off, and we'll do the next one." These, <laughs> so are, these are huge. Was, honestly, though, it's a huge decision. Yeah. It's a really interesting quandary to have, and, and no doubt. And then there's also the fact of. You, you're if you go with Bauer at quarterback, couple things. One, he, you better make sure that he is not at greater risk or at, at risk, and he's absolutely ready to go. If you're going to trot him out there, 
because many felt like he shouldn't have played against Alabama. Now, some people, a lot of people felt like he shouldn't have played for team comp- competitive reasons. Oh, we got to save him for the other games. I would have thought that they would be over the, the top cautious just for the kids' sake, you know, just to make sure with those things. So I think they need to be ultra careful with this. And if he's cleared one game, I mean, I would almost take a let's throw in another game to make sure. Maybe that medically that won't make a difference. I don't know. But um, so they they got to make sure they got they get that right. And then also, Maurer has gotten hurt in every game he's played since he started. So he's come out at least to some degree. So those other guys are going to have to get some of those reps and still be ready to go, and they've both proven they can do it. I also love the fact that they started Shroud, and no, actually they started Jennings, at quarterback in the Wildcat, but Shroud was the first guy in, giving some confidence there, and then Garantano has been better in a relief role. So you know, I think they've just handled it really well to this point. But yes, it is. It's a a difficult situation for three versus even two. We'll come back more with Vince Ferrara on the other side of Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN one hundred two five. The game talking to Vince Ferrara, our weekly chat about the Big Orange coming off a very important win for them against South Carolina. So Vince, let's take the tone and the pulse of everything. Let's rewind it back to a couple of weeks ago. And I would say it probably hit the rock bottom after they got trounced at Florida where you were seeing reports of, hey, maybe Phil Fulmer will jump back on the sideline this year. And, wow, what would it take to buy out Jeremy Pruitt's contract? It never ceases to amaze me how quick it can change and how the overreaction in in hindsight looks kind of silly now. But tell me how the pulse – what's the temperature now of some of the – maybe the overreactors before? Are they admitting they overreacted, or are there still kind of people going, I need to see more? Well, it's an interesting question, and as often is of this fan base, I think it's a little bit all over the place. I don't know that we're hearing from those same people. I think we're hearing more from the people that were either sitting back watching or were – you know, disappointed and scratching their heads, but weren't necessarily vocal about, you know, just firing everybody and starting over and Fulmer coming back and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think some of those people uh, have, as as this stretch of games where they've played better each week, I think some of the defenders of the program that were fans that were more quiet have become more vocal now. And now you're starting to see, hey, see all you people that – so it's it's a little bit of infighting. And, you know, as usual, the media gets blamed for it as if we were calling for, you know, players to, <laughs> to never suit up again or coaches to get fired, all that kind of stuff. But um, so it, there is – there there's been more of the – Hey, we we just need all you negative people to stop, and we need to to back through it. We have a great coaching staff, that, you know, all those kind of things. So, it, it's allowed the the supporters and the more positive fans to have feel like they have to raise their voice and and show their their support for Jeremy Pruitt, and and now they're doing so. And fans, you know, are fired up. I'm, I'm not going to say everybody because those that were speaking out on Pruitt 
are probably just you know just lying you know kind of duck behind the couch waiting for you know for something to happen so they can jump out and say hey see see i told you so um so I, I don't think you're getting those people back that have already made a determination on Pruitt, but the, there are plenty of fans now that do do feel reinvigorated about the season and the Jeremy Pruitt tenure. Vince Ferrara is with us from WNML in Knoxville, the sports animal, and UAB coming up this weekend. And usually I would tell you, okay, there you go. That's That's going to be another win towards the total, but you have to obviously take all that with a grain of salt with what's happened so far this season with this momentum that they're on right now, uh, what are what were Jeremy Pruitt's thoughts on on facing UAB this weekend? Well, he has a longtime relationship with Bill Clark, UAB's head coach, and it goes back to the high school days, competing in rival high schools in North Alabama, uh, and then in even the Hoover uh, area, Hoover Prattville, those powers in the state of Alabama as well. And so he had incredibly high praise for Bill Clark. And he even said that he he knows the entire staff, Pruitt, that either he has worked with or even coached when they were players. So there's a ton of familiarity between the two programs. And, you know, the biggest thing that he reiterated is how hard – when you watch film, and they already started to, that everybody came out of there saying is how hard UAB plays. And to Tennessee's credit, I think I think they're playing pretty hard too. And maybe you know when they look discouraged in a game, when they're getting blown out, maybe that that wasn't the case then. But man, they've they, they've come out with their own hard play. They are playing hard, even if they do have still have some flaws. So it's a good UAB team and one that, you know, I think people were sleeping on a little bit before the year uh, entered because they had lost a lot of seniors. But the guys that they had move up into larger roles had still played some games, and they had good quarterback play. And their quarterback, he's, <laughs> his completion percentage is ridiculous. 81 of 109, excuse me, uh, 109 of 181. So he's, he's at over 60%. 1,700 yards, 15 touchdowns on the year. So, I mean, he is – they have good skill position player, good wide receiver specifically that uh, Pruitt said look like SEC guys. So, you know, it's a it's a competitive team that if Tennessee is not ready to go, that they'll, they can lose to because if they lost to Georgia State, I think UAB is right up there with them. And um, uh, crazy, the, the last time UAB – was played at Neyland Stadium. I was actually on the Blazers radio network. I filled in oh, wow. as the the football analyst and uh, with David Crane. So um, it was crazy last time they came in. And you know, seeing their facilities for at media days, like I have, and knowing where they came from, having spent time in that state, it is um, you know, it's such a, an amazing story. And hopefully, that'll kind of be talked about a little bit more, and people around here will have even greater appreciation about where they've come from going back to something you were talking about earlier with you know evaluating jeremy pruitt and you know what what's going to happen at the end of the season obviously a a long way to go but what about jim cheney the offensive coordinator i feel like things started off kind of okay that's not the offense that everybody was expecting but it does feel like it's slowly but surely getting better as the personnel i guess learned his system yeah and and really the change at quarterback and at least going to Maurer, I think opened them up to do some more things. 
and their Maurer made mistakes certainly, but he he gives them a little bit of a running element, and I think he has followed what Jim Cheney's plan has been when he's played. And then Garantano, obviously, especially in this last game, uh, did a better job. And he still, according to Pruitt, he still slid protections and checked, but he did a better job in getting them in the right situations and uh, you know not holding on to the ball too long and, and making the right play. So I think it improved Garantano coming off of the bench. And then Trout, who had, you know obviously is a young guy, is still coachable also, I think that has allowed Jim Chaney to to uh, to be able to do more of what he wants to do. Whereas at the beginning of the year, there were too many mistakes by Garantano, good calls probably on paper, but just weren't executed well. I mean, for him to to he he deserves as much credit as anyone. He and Chris Winkie, I guess, for sort of massaging their way through all of these all these changes at the quarterback position that typically you want the most consistency on. So uh T Martin with a pass game also, yeah, absolutely. It's um you can tell now if they if they do what he wants them to do and of course offensive line is a part of that. You can do a lot more when the offensive line continues to get better. Uh, and that was a really good front that they did a nice job against. Man, South Carolina, Kinlaw is probably gonna be a first rounder uh, they have some dudes there, and they did well. So that all those things allow the coaches to be able to do more and and figure it out. And Jim Cheney is great at in-game adjustments, and uh, and he he showed that on Saturday. Vince, good stuff as always. Really appreciate it. You have a great week, and uh, we'll have uh, more to discuss next Monday. Always appreciate it, guys. Always be good to be with him. All right, Vince Ferrara at Vince Sports. On Twitter, he's with WMNML, the sports animal in Knoxville. And, of course, they host UAB this weekend, which is November 2nd. Yeah, Saturday is November. Gosh, Fall back. Friday. Friday is November. Fall back with the clocks. November. Is that this weekend? Mm-hmm. Okay, so fall back. Time to okay. fall back. Hey, we gain an hour. We do. So that's good. There are yeah. worse things. Right? I, I I just... By the way, how about that? Why do we still do this? This is what I want to know. Why, we why gain we an hour, and the Predators have a 1 o'clock game. Woo! Yay! Woo-hoo! Woo. No, well, I didn't think about that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. 1 o'clock game, and we gain an hour. Hello, like Saturday it. night. <laughs> You're looking at the pot. Why, why, why is nobody else excited well, but me? No one else? No <laughs> You're looking one? at the pot. I mean, that, that's, that's exciting. But one thing that I've learned back in my days of staying out till 3 in the morning, which are becoming fewer and fewer as I get a little older, uh, the bar is still – like you don't get an extra hour at the bar. I learned that one time. Oh, you thought that they would – Yeah, I was like, that? oh, we'll get an extra hour at the bar. No, no, not the case. Yeah, That was a nice try, though. A yeah. for effort. It's good. Uh, we will come back. Mike Vrabel? Is that right? Okay. Getting the thumbs up. Max is giving the thumbs up. All oh, Clarence. Clarence. We will go to Mike Vrabel, his press conference. We do that next on Darren, Donnick, and Chase, ESPN 1025 The Game. Show us why you're the biggest Bama fan. For your chance to win a cabin on the Crimson Tide Cruise, that'll be on February the 10th through the 15th. The second annual Crimson Tide Cruise We'll set sail from New Orleans to Cozumel. Hello, and then uh, just keep going right into Mexico. 
on board with the Carnival Valor. It's a national champion-worthy vacation with your favorite Alabama sports legends. Send us a picture on Twitter with the hashtag BamaCruise, hashtag BamaCruise, or upload a pic on thegamenashville.com. Book your cruise at crimsontidecruise.com and get $150 off with the promo code GAME. The promo code GAME. So, got a lot of Alabama fans in these parts, so I'm assuming some people will get on board with that. Let's head over to St. Thomas Sports Park. Let's hear from Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. Hi, Teresa. Yeah. How do you get that to translate to the offense? Uh, you had a spark last week. Uh, what do you have to do to be better there? And, and I don't think just the offense. I think, Teresa, this is a critical time for us as a football team. We are 4-4. Four and four. Um, We've won two games in a row. Um, there's no bye uh, this week. We are, just like every other team in the National Football League, I would say operating at less than 100%. And it's a vicious game. And so there's a fine line between trying to, to improve on the practice field, which is what you have to do, and work on the practice field and make sure that our guys are, are ready to play, that we, we are trying to take care of the guys that, that need to be taken care of but also improving. Um, you know, offensively, there are um, definitely signs. And there, it was inconsistent and it was tough. We knew sometimes that the run game was going to be tough sledding. Um, but we also knew that if we committed to it, that you know we could potentially break a couple, which we did. We were on the post safety um, three times. We um, had a 42-yarder that that got called back, um, and and then and then we we weren't able to secure the football. We made some good throws. Um, we made some really great catches, but then uh, and there were some good pockets, and then there were other times where there weren't. And so uh, trying to just be more consistent with, with some of those plays and, and not have the, you know, the negative runs or that put us behind the chains, the penalties. But, you know, we overcame a, a first and 20 on a, on a huge drive at the end of the game um, with some good checks, by some good throws, um, and then ultimately touchdown there with A.J. So, um, you know, we've been able to score. We took advantage of the game, really came down to the red zone. I uh, was proud of uh, defensively what we were able to do. Um, Could have been better, but... You know, making them, them kick field goals early, and then what our offense did, you know, to be able to to throw it in to the end zone, and, and and Johnu making a fantastic catch, and you know, and AJ and and everybody else, Tajay. So it was good to see. Why is it that why is asking is so much more efficient in the red zone the last couple of weeks? Well, we made a huge commitment to it in the spring, um, when you have the, the the passing camps, the the non-contact OTAs that you know, you're trying to establish um, you know a base foundation uh, and then work some plays off of it maybe uh, each week that you you feel like um, are a scheme play but but I do think that the players um, are comfortable in what's being called and what they're being asked to do um, you know, Tajay we continue to practice you know I mean Tajay's had good weeks of practice you know did, did a great job on the fade ball um, you know, a, a route that we worked with AJ over and over to try to um, have a lot of confidence in it. Um, and then in, in Janu's case, um, a, a player that, that ran a decisive route, um, it was a little behind him. Uh, he made a great catch. Uh, and I think there was just good timing on that route. On the, 
on the fake, what made what made the idea of Brett getting ten yards more appealing to you than the offense getting two? Well, and I think that um, certainly um, appreciate that concept. Um, you know, you see that a lot if you know, teams run uh, speed option on third and one, and they dish it back, balls at seven yards, then you have to gain eight. Um, it, it really came down to um, where we were on the field, having the look that we had practiced for, that, that wanted to run it against. Um, so th- that decision did not turn out. Uh, we didn't execute it. And so we have to continue to move on, give our guys all the credit in the world. Um, in all three phases, um, we, we had a really nice kickoff return. We have to fix the, the punt return. Um, but I felt like we kicked the ball well. Um, the defense being able to create turnovers, take advantage of, of those things uh, when Jameis gave us a chance um, to, to give our offense great field position. If that play is executed correctly, does it work in your mind? Well, yeah. I mean, Jim, I think that if any play is executed correctly, you know, that it's going to work. And there, again, I go back that there's a lot of decisions that, that occur during the course of the game, guys. And, you know, we, we, we make them, um, and they, they don't work. We're trying to, to win the game. That, that's what we're trying to do in each and every opportunity that we have to make a decision. No, Devin White made an absolutely fantastic play. So, um, you know, we need to execute it. Um, you know, better in order to get it. it. It it didn't work. It was a play. You know, we can sit down and we can. You know, there's 168 snaps in the game, and there were plays that that we made, and that uh, you know they're going to coach. And there was plays that we didn't make that that we need to coach. When you were super aggressive on that play, where you said we're trying to win the game, which you seem to try to do with that one call, where you say this wins the game because we maintain possession and we end it. But then the the general offensive game plan seems conservative um, and trying to come to terms with the with the two things where with the one play you're trying to win the game with the big punch but with the overall thing uh, against the pass defense that hasn't been that good and we ask you about it you say well they played good defense well they really did you know what i mean and so we there were opportunities that that we left out there and you know the the, the game plan i think that that's where you um I've I've always kind of, um, as a player, I think, and as a coach, um, whatever the call is, um, it, it should be played and executed, and we should play with the same energy and, and finish and effort, whether if it's a cover two uh, defense or if it's an all-out blitz. So that's the mentality that we hope that we can instill, whether it's an inside run, an outside run, uh, a shot to Khalif or a deep pass, um, any of those. I, mean, I think that's the, the mindset. I think that that's where um, I, I don't ever want to kind of coach like, oh, this is just a, a base defense and it shouldn't be aggressive. And this is a blitz, and so now we should all of a sudden play faster. Or this is a play-action pass, um, you know, or this is a, a screen play. I mean, they all need to be executed with the same um, – Energy, excitement, fundamentals, uh, the the effort, you know, all the details that go into every play. So, um, you know, we, we have a game plan that we think, you know, 
can, can help our players take advantage of their skill sets, um, try, try to work and mix in different runs against a, a very good run defense. And, um, again, not, not very consistent, but, but in times that we needed it, um, you know, we were able to execute in some critical situations. When you analyze after the game, you analyze the whole team, and you look at some of those decisions that you've made that have worked and that haven't worked, and you brought up yesterday how you hear questions on the ones that don't work and not the ones that do work. How much do you analyze yourself watching the film saying, okay, was this a good decision that wasn't executed right, or should maybe I have thought the other way when going back and looking at yourself? Every single minute of the day. I mean, I think that it starts with me. It starts with um, how I lead this team, how the message that I have, the keys that I think are critical uh, to win. I was just going to type in. Um, it starts with me and how I can uh, get this team to, to operate and function and understand how we have to be great in, in, in critical situations because the games are going to be close. I think that's, that's where the majority of the games in this league are. Um, the decisions that we make um, on the calls that we make, the calls and decisions that I make. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I mean it's probably not much fun. God bless her heart. But, I mean, you go home and it's like that's all we do. You know, that's all I do. Think about it, analyze it, um, try to get better, and then come back the next week. Um, you know, I was proud of the players, the way they played, the effort. Um, you know, Jarrell and, and how he you know, attacked that last play on fourth and one. Uh, you know, Nate hanging in there, Jamal Davis hanging in there against, you know, two werewolves, man, two massive inside players that are talented and good, and he's battling. I mean, that's, that's what I'm most proud of. And then we do that all the time. I do that all the time. We do that with the coaches all the time. I mean, that's not just something like we're just like, okay, we would say, how will we do this differently? You know, do we like this call at the end of the game with, you know, the defense that we were playing, um, how much time that they have, they threw it in bounds. You know, we had to keep them in bounds. And when we did that, you know, they ran 18 seconds off the clock and gained 12 yards. And so those are things that we're, trying to tell our players that, hey, that's great. We're executing the situation. Um, so we always analyze it, to answer your question. Some NFL teams that have kind of enlisted dead analytics companies, you know, that, that, that can help situationally. What are your, your thoughts on, on, you know, outside help with analytics? Is that something the Titans do? Would they ever do it? Oh, I'm sure it would be something that we would always consider. We're always trying to consider things, um, you know, whether that's at a consultant level or um, – finding somebody to, to, to put on a staff. I mean, I think that any, anytime you can use numbers um, to your advantage, uh, you have to try to do it. You also have to try to, you know, make some decisions, um, you know, when the numbers are close. Um, but the, I don't think that crunching numbers um, is going to go anywhere. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, allows a lot of people to, to be involved uh, in a game. Um, that's very unpredictable, and they try to make it predictable. What percentage of the time in the league do you think of hard count on fourth down results in the first down? I, I don't know. Has it worked here? Oh, I don't know. I know they jumped three or four times earlier in the game. But on fourth down, it tends to be different, correct? I, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you either way. I mean, you can... If you're asking a question with already knowing the answer, 
Um, I couldn't tell it to you. I just know through the course of the game, you know, they were either called for offsides or were offsides and uh, weren't called for it. So, you know. So far this year, Derek has the most negative rushes in the league. What's maybe going wrong there and what can change to get that fixed? To try to get them to the line of scrimmage so they don't count as negative runs. I, I, I wish I could tell you it has to be better, obviously, um, because, you know, you break them. You know, when you can break them, you get them to the second level. Um, you know, we've got to cover guys up and make good reads. Um, you know, get the play started. And that's critical is, you know, when, when runners, especially Derek, uh, can try to get into his, you know, fourth or fifth step, it's a little different, um, you know, than a guy you know, with a different skill set. I mean, everybody's very aware of what his skill set is. And if we can get him into his fourth or fifth step, you know, we feel very confident uh, in his ability and in our ability to, to gain meaningful yards. But if we can't do that, uh, that's hard to, you know, ask him to, to make some of those cuts that a smaller, you know, quicker back would make. Like Correa flashed a little bit yesterday, but there was one play where he had a good rush, but did he, what, what did he need to do better there to get West on the ground? Was it just something change in his technique, slow down a little bit, or what would you see on that play? Didn't make the play on the quarterback. I mean, quarterback pump, I mean, pump faked it, and I mean, coming out of there on a, on a boot, and yeah, if, he, if he slows down, he just probably dumps it over his head, and I mean, he's coming, he's going hard, and just wasn't able to make the play. And then we, and I think we missed a tackle. Uh, Corey Davis need more more snaps, or was that maybe a result of the illness he had earlier in the week? Corey, I don't know how many snaps did he play. Forty-six, if I remember correctly. I mean, uh, I, I I I think that those guys, uh, you know, I think Tajay deserves snaps. I think Humps deserves snaps, and and Corey, I think they all do. You know, and so we'll kind of see where it goes based on you know each week. And how everybody feels. Could you tell that Tampa was making preparations for him based on what they saw in that in that first game? I don't know if they would have known consistently where he would have been based on 21 snaps. You know, I know that that was a talented, rested football team. You know, I think our guys battled. Very proud of how they they played. I would say that he felt better today than he did last Monday. So that would be probably the most um, positive thing that I would take from that, that you know, after his second NFL game, coming back from what he came back from, that he, he feels better uh, today. So that just means he's, you know, getting getting used to it and understanding that, you know, there's going to be some you know, bumps and bruises or soreness. And so he felt a lot better today. Because first two games at home, you played fourth quarter games that you couldn't come up with the play and lost. Now the last two weeks you've won it basically with last minute, last second stands. Is there a value in being able to flip that switch? And I don't know if it's learning how to win, but to win those types of games? Well, I think that to, to appreciate uh, playing in close games, being, being up in that game yesterday, being down in that game, battling, coming back and, and, and being up and then finishing the game off, um, I, that, that's why I'm proud of this team because I don't think we have we have front runners that uh, 
you know, only are soaring high when we're up 14 to three. Um, you know, that they battled and, and, and came back and were able to withstand the, the ups and downs of the of the game and the, the highs and the lows and um, kind of just that journey you take throughout the course of a game and trying to go back out the next series and, and do something a little better. What's John who done to be successful when called upon this year? Just continue to work. You know, he's a he's a tireless worker. He's got a great attitude. He comes to work every single day, um, ready to learn ready to improve. He's focused in meetings. Um, Todd's worked. Uh, Todd Downing's worked very well with him uh, one-on-one. You know, they, they, they get a lot of these one-on-one meetings sometimes um, during special teams periods when, when Johnu can, can get some extra time with Todd. Um, and so it's just been, you know, it's always refreshing to see good things happen to great people. I think Johnu's a, a great person, great player, great teammate. The last two weeks, you guys have had two of your longer, better put-together drives on offense. What is it, obviously a team game, but what is it that Ryan Tannehill is doing to keep this uh, offense on schedule and just efficient like that? Well, I think the biggest thing that Ryan did probably yesterday is he got us into two great checks. He got us into two blitz zero checks that allowed us um, to protect it just long enough, understand when they're in blitz zero, However many you guys have blocking, they're going to have one extra, right? And so um, you just have to kind of keep adding guys to the protection uh, to force the, freest, the, the free guy to be as far away from the quarterback as possible. And he did that twice, uh, threw a great pass to Humphreys on third down, threw a great pass to John o, uh, excuse me, Tajay on third down. Um, so um, you're going to have to you know, pick up some critical third downs along a 10 or 12 play drive. Um, that it comes down to dropping back and, and finding the guy open uh, pretty quick. Offense, what are some of the things that, if throughout a game, go into the decision-making process of, of personnel groupings and snap counts? Is it a, a stamina thing? Is it we like these guys together versus these guys together? Can you walk us through that? Um, you know, those change. I mean, I think that trying to, to – um, you know, mixed personnel. They, you know, is they a team that that matches? How are they playing? Um, your second tight end? Are they playing him in base? Are they playing in nickel? Um, what coverages do you get out of certain personnel groups, which would all be, you know, analytically based? Um, but then you come into the games and like, okay, this is how they're playing us, and those those numbers quite don't add up to where they were before the game. You're like, okay, this is how they're playing us. And so, you know, we're going to have to try to adjust and, and make adjustments. Um, and then as far as players go, I think there's certain plays that guys have that, you know, they're in the game for that they, you know, maybe that play might be designed for them or, or not. Um, sometimes guys do need a break. Sometimes guys need a rest and that'll all determine you know, when they're out there. Correct me if I'm if I misunderstood, but th- I think you said something yesterday about uh, as you got to water level, um, being being pleased that you managed to to get to where you were last year. But the the whole theme of the off season was that last year wasn't satisfactory. No, and no, it wasn't. My point, I, I, I again, I'm not going to try to correct you. Um, with whatever you understood, I just was saying that the NFL season has has begun. Like it's November now, or whenever it's going to be here. Now we're playing games. Every game going on forward from November is really when the NFL season um, 
begins. And, and we're in a position um, to do something, you know, with um, that going forward is all I've said. After the way we started um, being two and four and now being four and four um, to start this push, um, I guess that's all I was alluding to. Southfold, I guess, in pro- concussion protocol moving He forward. is. Was he able to show his speed and what it could do for you a little bit? Yep. And, you know, just, again, the the guy has the ball, the quarterback has the ball, and he's got to make a decision um, on what he feels um, the ball needs to go. But, you know, Khalif had a nice return. It was well blocked. There was a lot of great efforts on that uh, kickoff return. And then, um, you know, the few plays he had in there, I thought, you know, he was running and and, and showing some speed. If you you make the fake uh, yesterday, Still about three and a half yep. minutes left. Two timeouts, and then, yep, right. And hopefully that that takes them down there under, you know, under two, and we're able to, you know, score, kick the field goal, you know, give them the football with with no time and, and, and everything else with, you know, the situation. So the big hope there was to take the timeouts from Tampa by getting. Well, the, the big game. hope was to go get the first down on a play that we really love, you know, the play that we've worked um, for a long time against a look that we wanted, um, didn't get it, didn't execute it. Um, and, and so, you know, again, all the credit to the players for, for finishing the game, you know, for finishing the game, uh, defensive stand, you know, Evans was having a day, talented receiver, uh, caught some, some amazing passes. Um, you know, he caught the back, back half of the ball over there. I thought Kenny was, was in, in pretty good position. Um, and you just got to see his length and his hands. And I'm, it's what what the National Football League is about. And um, you know, we our guys made some some good adjustments, and um, you know, we're able to take him out of there. But he was having a day. Again, I just try to um, worry about the calls that we have the opportunity to challenge. Um, they, they they blew the whistle. Again, there's a lot of plays that, that go into the game on both sides. What are your early thoughts on the Panthers? Well, they probably have one of the most dynamic running backs um, in the league as far as from a, a rushing and a receiving standpoint. Um, you know, it looked like Allen had got off to a really good start. I guess he threw some interceptions yesterday. Not sure where Cam will be, but obviously, um, based on his health and his ability to, to throw the football and to run the football, um, any defense that, that has Luke Keekley on it um, is going to be a, a very good defense. Uh, you know, just enjoy watching him play from an instinctive um, standpoint, a production standpoint, and a leadership standpoint. So, again, every challenge is, every week is a challenge. And, um, you know, we need to do everything we can here to to get started on on Carolina and and getting our players, uh, you know, ready to to compete against them. There you go. Some of uh, head coach Mike Vrabel's comments after the victory over the Bucks yesterday, twenty seven to twenty three. We'll kick off the fourth and final hour and discuss some of the things you just heard right here on ESPN one hundred two five. The game.